first round Zay? How about first overall wide receiver Zay? We'll look at what he needs to do in the NFL uh, combine this weekend. Talk about all the, the ins and outs of what Zay Flowers could do on today's show. You are locked on Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, if you haven't been paying to so- pay attention to the NFL Network or social media, you have missed the beginning of what's already starting to be a kind of exciting, if you're, if you're a draft geek, uh, NFL Combine. Uh, we've already seen some big uh, moments from the uh, defensive end from Northwestern and Jalen, not Jalen Smith, uh, Nolan Smith of Georgia had some big uh, outings. But the name that everyone here who's probably listening to this podcast wants to know about is Zay Flowers. The Boston College wide receiver has been uh, a, a, a topic for a lot of mock drafts at, at, in the first round, and there's the potential that he could rise up to be one of the top wide receivers on today's show. We're going to be joined by Mitch Wolf, staff writer at Eagle insider to talk about Zay. We're going to look at his, his drills, what he does, what he, what he could do, his floor, his ceiling and his, uh, the middle ground and give some player comps. What, what are, what are some players that he could end up looking like in the NFL? Mitch, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, this, like you said, this is the first day of dr- on-field drills for the combine. We've had prospects doing the media interviews, the scrums, and everything. Uh, obviously, kind of the big story was the Jalen Carter arrest warrant that kind of dominated the first day of news. Oh, yeah. um, but that's so that's you know something to monitor throughout the rest of the process. But other than that, I mean, we're seeing a lot of crazy fast times for the defensive linemen, which I think bodes even better for Zay because last year we saw some crazy times from every position group. And that's because apparently they put down a new uh, track, new set of turf at the Indianapolis stadium. So it looks like the, that track is holding this year and we're going to see some historically fast times across the board. So let's talk about Zay. I mean, we have watched, it's hard because as a BC person, you've watched Zay, you know, uh, blast down the field, make some incredible moves and, and for many who have watched him, he seems like the fastest B- player BC's ever had on the offensive side of the ball. And, and he may be, he may be, what are you, ex- let's talk about some of these drills, talk about what you're expecting and, and, and give us, you know, as a, as someone who scouts and kind of watches game film, Mitch, what you're expecting out of Zay in this combine. So <clears throat> we'll start with the 40. Cause that's kind of what everybody is most, you know, cares most about, um, and like I said, this is a fast track. We're seeing defensive ends and linebackers run in the four threes. Uh, I think um, Owen Papa, the linebacker from Auburn, just came in with an official four three nine. You know, for the longest time, you would see these crazy times as the unofficial times, and the official times would usually add, you know, five hundredths of a second, and it would really change the number. But now we're seeing the official times come in even faster. So I know Zay at the Shrine game said he expects to run in the four threes. I don't want to get crazy, but given how fast this track is, we could, I don't think four tie four twos is out of the question, but 
to, to keep it realistic, I, I'm expecting him to get into the high four threes. A four three eight ish would be my expectation number. I would love to see him get below four three five, and I think that's very possible given the track. Um, and in terms of his floor, I really don't, especially with how fast this track is. I don't see him running any slower than a four four five. And if he does, then that's going to be concerning. Um, we've really seen him rise up a lot of mocks. His his stock has been trending up very uh, very very fast. Um, there was a tweet. Um, from ML Football, which is a it's a it's a an independent news source account. You know, it has forty two thousand followers, so you know I'm not sure how reliable it is. But it said this tweet from uh, forty one minutes ago, as of this recording. Just spoke to a league source who tells me Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers is separating himself as the clear wide receiver one in this year's draft, according to multiple general managers and NFL executives he's spoken to in Indianapolis. Now, I, I don't know how realistic that is. Um, but there's also something else that I find interesting. So there's this Twitter account called Grinding the Mocks, and they have a way to kind of investigate all the mocks that are coming out from media, from fans, what have you. Um, and they recently put up their one for Zay. And of course, now that we're on this episode, I'm having trouble finding it. Um, but it, it's interesting with Zay. You know, you see, you saw him slowly rise up over the course of the season. But I would say in the last few weeks or so, um, he's been, you know, it's been a much faster acceleration up draft boards for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like I've seen him. I, what's the highest you've seen him at Fort? I think like 14 to the Pats, right? Yeah. I think that would definitely be, I would think that would be his ceiling. Um, just, and that's, I would say that's mostly because of the Patriots need for offensive playmakers. Um, and given the fact that it's a relatively weak wide receiver class, you know, you've got him, you've got, uh, Jordan Addison out of USC who won the Blitnikoff in 2021 and you've got Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State who missed a lot of the season but was incredible in 2021 and a lot of there are some people who like Quentin Johnston the big receiver from TCU I'm not his biggest fan but the, the point is you don't have that surefire one or even like if you think back to a few years ago when it was um uh Jalen Waddle Devon mm-hmm. or no he didn't come out the same year as them um I can't remember what years. Oh, wait, no, that was uh, him, Devonta Smith, and Jamar Chase. They all came out in one year. And those guys were all like a tier above everybody else, and they were going in the top 15. And this year, you don't really have that kind of prospect. Yeah, so let's go to some of the other drills. You know, the 40 is the one that everyone watches. But I know you're big into some of the other uh, the other drills, the other things that um, he's going to have to do. Can you talk about some of the other things that other uh, workouts he's going to have to do that are going to be worthwhile for BC fans to kind of check out? Yeah, and I would say that these the twenty yard short shuttle and the three cone or L drill are the ones where I think Zay is honestly going to do his best because we, we all know Zay is extremely fast and but even even so, given his size, given that he is so small, you need to usually be a little longer to get those some of those elite times, and he just doesn't have that. But if you of course any BC fans know from watching his run after the catch abilities, his ability to quickly change direction and stop and start are like nothing we've ever seen. So if you're looking at a short shuttle, uh, it's 20 yards. So you, you know, you run five yards, you run back to where you started, you run 10 yards, run back to where you started. Um, I, I honestly think he could break four seconds, get, he'll get into the high three, high three nines, maybe mid three nines, um, which would be incredible. Um, and similar with the three cone, three cone is you kind of run an L pattern around the cones. And I think he's definitely going to get under seven seconds, which you kind of need to as a wide receiver at this point, unless you're a really big guy, kind of like Quentin Johnston or a really big receiver. Um, but I think even he could get under six, seven, five, maybe even into the six sixes. And 
you know, I, I, those numbers kind of, it's, it's tough to kind of explain them in a vacuum, but suffice it to say that those are the elite numbers. And with a, for a guy like Zay, because of his size limitations, people will, you're able to look around those or look past them. If you put up elite uh, numbers in the agility drills and good numbers in the speed drills and also in the jumps, which that's where I really don't, I don't really know how to predict Zay with those because like he does have that explosiveness, but just because he's so small, I don't know how well he's going to be able to do in the vertical and less so the broad jump, but with the vertical jump, I'm I'm hoping he can get past 32 inches. Um, You know, ideally would love to see him get to like 36 or something. Uh, And then broad jump uh, basically got to get above 10 feet. I'm hoping for, you know, 10, four, 10, six ish, but that both of those measure your lower body explosiveness. Um, vertical jump for wide receivers is obviously a little more important because even though you're rarely jumping from a standing position, you know you want to know how high they can jump. But that's never really been Zay's game. And again, he does have lower body explosiveness, but it's it's just hard for me to predict um, those numbers because and also those ones those at least for him I haven't seen because if you think about like Feldman's freak list, like he posts a lot of these for like bench press and jumps and yep. I just haven't seen them for Zay. So I just, I just don't know at this point, but given some of the guys that I've seen kind of that are like him in terms of his playability and their athletic testing, I, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be decent, but I think he's going to be much better in those agility drills. All right. We'll be back in just a moment. Cause we're going to talk to to Mitch about some comps. I, I think a lot of folks want to know where we're, you know, we see Zay as an all around uh, star, but what could he turn into in the NFL? We'll get into all that in just a moment. Now, if you know me, you know this this podcast. You know we're a big fan of our our partners over at FanDuel. FanDuel is ready for the middle of the NBA season. We're just past the trade deadline, and if you have not been over to FanDuel yet, you need to do so now. FanDuel is the official sports partner of the NBA, and if you go head over to FanDuel. You can find all the latest spreads, props, and parlays for this weekend. You can find the Celtics game. You can find NBA Major League Baseball. If you want to bet on spring training, go for it. Or college basketball. It's all over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. And I love using it to go find the latest spreads. We'll have to wait to see what the spread is for Saturday's game between BC and Georgia Tech. I think BC might be a favorite in that one, but we will have to wait and see. Um, they have futures. They have everything over at FanDuel. So head on over to the site now and use promo code locked on to get your special bonus. They have a no sweat bet where you can get up to a thousand dollars in extra bets. If your first bet does not hit head over to FanDuel right now and use that promo code. All right. I am back here with our, Staff writer Mitch Wolf. Mitch is over at Eagle Insider. Check out his work right now. Uh, he had a great article up that's kind of polarizing with BC fans about the case for Matt Applebaum. Um, you want to go over there and check that out. He has a two-parter. The first part talks about uh, his time when he was with BC. This most recent one is about his time with the Miami Dolphins. Um, if you want to hear some, you know, his some some of his analysis. I think you'll you'll enjoy that. Head over to Eagle Insider. That is completely free. We have some VIP stuff, but I'll talk about that later. All right, Mitch, let's get back into Zay. We're talking Zay all day here, and let's look at the the player comps. Where do you? Uh, I know me and we've texted back and forth about some names. I don't think we've talked about it with the fans here. What are some players that you've heard or you think 
they should be compared to? So for me, a big part of the comps is looking at size and then relative athletic score or RAS, which is a, a metric maintained by Kent Lee Platt, also known as math bomb on Twitter. And it's a really good measure for, you know, it, it kind of puts those num all these numbers into context. You can see like, because you know, numbers can mean a lot of different things for different positions and for players of different sizes. So, you know, if, if Zay were to put up, you know, kind of average numbers for his size, you know, he would have a, a very poor RAS, but given that he is expected to have some very good numbers that on Saturday, I think that he's going to have a very good RAS, ideally um, above eight, probably closer to 8.5 or maybe even higher. But the, the comp that I have kind of had for a while, and I think I'm going to stick with, is T.Y. Hilton, the winner here from the Colts. And he was drafted in the third round in, oh, I want to say it was in the early 2010s um, a while ago. And the reason why I say that is because the reason why he's my comp is that the, the size is almost identical. Uh, Hilton was 5'9", 183. I think that's exactly where uh, Flowers is going to measure in at. And the, the interesting thing about that comp, though, is when you look at Hilton's combine numbers, his agility numbers were pretty bad, actually. Um, so I think you're going to see Flowers kind of blow past those numbers. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can pull them up real quick. But I think that's kind of where I think they win in similar ways. You know, again, people there's obviously the caveat that combine numbers don't mean everything, you know, but the big thing about Hilton is that he was able to win downfield using that speed. And even though he wasn't the biggest guy, um, and then after the catch, you know, he wasn't, I don't think he was as dynamic as Zay, but I think that those characteristics are pretty similar. Um, some other ones that I've heard and I've kind of kicked around were um, Darnell Mooney, who was drafted by the bears a few years ago. He's a pretty good player. Elijah Moore drafted in the second round by the jets a few years ago, a solid player. Um, and, and kind of, I hesitate saying this one, but in terms of where I project his RAS to be, if things go well for Zay, I think his RAS could end up being very similar to Tyreek Hill's. And I'm only comping them in terms of on-field play and on-field style, because if you think about Tyreek Hill, obviously he wins a lot vertically with his incredible speed, but even when during his time with the Chiefs and still with the Dolphins, he gets thrown the ball on quick routes underneath or over the middle, and he's able to make several defenders miss because he's so agile and explosive in the open field. So I think that's another interesting comparison. I've seen Brandon Cooks around, kicked around a little bit. I'm not sure I like that one as much because I, I don't think of Cooks as much of that run after catch skills. I think he is purely that vertical deep threat. I mean, in that that area, they're similar. And another one I found, which I'm sure a lot of fans and listeners of this podcast will enjoy, is Dion Branch, the wide receiver from the Patriots, who was the Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl 39 against the Eagles. Um, Branch was a little bit bigger just in terms of weight, but... Um, I, even thinking back to what Branch did and obviously a very different era of football, I can definitely see the similarities between those two. Interesting. I, I like that thought. I, I, you know, as a Pats fan, I have been very interested in seeing um, him end up in the Patriots, but at 14, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not. Yeah. I'm looking, I found the grinding the mocks uh, stock for flowers. And so they have his uh, estimated draft position at 28.2 kind of, and that's based on an average of, the mocks and then ranking that is 26. So I think you're seeing a lot of end of the first round uh, spots for Zay. Um, you know, you think about a lot of teams back at the back end of the first round, the need a wide receiver, the chargers, the Ravens, uh, the giants Jeez. definitely need one. Um, so a lot of those things make a lot of sense, but I think it, it's tough with a, a position like this because you know, any like some other team up higher in the draft could have Flowers as their wide receiver one, but they yep. just might have him ranked as their, you know, 20, 20th best player. And there might be their 10th best player still on the board if they're picking in the teens. So 
I think because you know, I, I still think you kind of see like a surprise where Zay goes, you know, maybe early early twenties or something like that. Um, I think that would be exciting, but um, I think realistically we're looking at a back end of the first round player. And, you know, I've, I kind of have been doing some contextual scouting to kind of figure out where I have Zay and watching Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison. I still have Zay as my wide receiver three in this class. Um, I I have JSN in my grading systems out of 10 as an 8.3 Jordan Addison as an 8.1 and Zay as a Um, 7.8, but I have him a little bit ahead of Quentin Johnson at 7.6 and that those guys are, I would say JSN and Jordan Addison are in one tier. The next tier I have is flowers and Johnston. Then there's a pretty big gap between my next two guys, which is Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee and Josh Downs out of North Carolina, both of which I have as a 7.1. Those guys, I have a second round prospects. The other four are first rounders with uh, flowers and Johnston kind of being in that uh, flex range of maybe falling out of this, falling into the second Uh round, depending on how the board falls. And and I have to say, I, I, I think it's good news for anyone hoping for good things for flowers. If he falls closer to the end of the first round, because then that means he's going to get to a team that's more like a playoff team and a team that can get him the ball. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And, and generally, even for those teams that do need receivers, you know, he's the rookie. He's not going to be for most of those teams. He's not going to be the number one guy. So you're going to see maybe teams not, not cover him as the number one threat. If you think about him, one fit I really like is him going to the chargers and joining Zion Johnson, where he could be, their wide receiver three behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And with those guys on the outs, well, it's interesting because Allen is Keenan Allen's more of a slot player. So you could move Zay and Keenan Allen around, but defenses are definitely going to focus on those two guys. And that should allow flowers a lot of room to operate, which would be very exciting, especially with a quarterback like Justin Herbert, who can get him the ball deep downfield. That'd be a really exciting fit. Yep. Yep. So any last thoughts on Zay before I let you go, Mitch? Uh, I, I, I mean, I, it, a big part of the combine, obviously, are these interviews, which we've been talking, which I had mentioned that tweet. Um, given everything we've heard about Zay, you know, in terms of. Oh, we, met, we missed here. something important, too. He put on 13 pounds of muscle. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's listed. He was listed at 170 for BC. Um, I'm not sure what his playing weight was at, but he is up to 183. Um, I think it will be interesting to see how that affects his um, running ability. You know, I, I, I think he knows that. I think he, I think he's smart enough to know, like, I'm not going to put on an excessive amount of weight just so I can be bigger. I think teams really still care more about your ability to run fast and your ability to get open. So I I think that I'm hoping that that's not going to affect his uh, numbers in the drill. I I don't think it will. I think he's smart enough to know that. Um, But, you know, I expect him to be very impressive in these interviews. I think it'll be, I think so when people are listening to this uh, that's when quarterbacks and wide receivers should be taking the media podiums, um, so that'll be exciting to see what people are asking Zay during those media sessions and what he has to say in return. All right, Mitch, uh, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Mitchell T Wolf, W O L F E. Um, right now we're kind of waiting for the combine to wrap up and we'll, I'll probably be back on Monday or Tuesday to go over Zay's performance and see how, uh, his numbers stack up the rest of the receiver group. And after that, you know, ideally we should know, who the uh, offensive defensive coordinators are. And I've got some pieces that I'm working on about who we, about essentially betting on who we expect to expect them to be based on that football scoop report. And it'll be somewhat similar to some of the articles I've written recently about kind of looking back in the past to see if we can predict anything about BC's offense in the future. All right, Mitch, thank you so much. And check out his work at Eagle insider. We have a great video up with Mitch right now as well. You can check that out as well in a moment. 
uh, we are going to get into the basketball game that's coming up on Saturday. This is one of the biggest games BC has had in a long time, and I'm going to explain why. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Bill Bar. Now, we're getting close to St. Patrick's Day, and if you're planning on having a few stouts and a few beverages out in South Boston, you're going to want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself in other areas. So you got to try Bilt. With Bilt, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution and for you that are looking to sit to shed some calories so you can have those extra St. Patrick's Day treats. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. Guys, I'm not sure how Built does it. They're delicious. The puffs are amazing. If you haven't tried out the puffs, those are to die for. You can head over to Sam's Club or Walmart right now, and you can grab yourself a, bo- back bo- a box of Built. I would recommend doing it. It's great. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. I'm telling you guys, or head to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your order. Again, head to Built. This is Locked On BC. AJ Black here. Thank you so much for all of you who are listening uh, regularly. And I want to thank specifically Len Suber and Marty Party who are in our comment section right now. They are our loyal listeners. If you want to become a loyal listener and listen to every episode live, head over to YouTube and find Locked On BC. We do this every night, usually around, what was it, like 8, 8.30. We'd love to have you. So hit the subscribe button and join our Locked on BC party over here every night. Now, Saturday is a huge game. One of the biggest games for men's basketball in a long time. BC basketball is on a three-game winning streak, defeating Florida State, defeating UVA, and defeating Wake Forest all in the last week and a half. They are playing their best basketball when it matters most. And what they have in front of them is an opportunity to do something really special. After losing to UNH, after losing to Tarleton State and Maine, BC is looking at finishing 500, over 500 for the season. For the first time, only the second time this has happened since Skinner. They are looking at finishing 500 in conference with 10 wins. Finishing 500 has only happened twice since Al Skinner. And more importantly, they can avoid a Tuesday game in the ACC tournament in Greensboro next week. All they have to do is beat a Georgia Tech team that is playing very well right now. They've won four games in a row. They absolutely murdered Syracuse this week. But BC is playing at home. They're going to be wearing their red bandana uniforms for the second time this season. And it's senior day. They're going to be celebrating Makai Ashton Langford. They're going to be celebrating CJ Penna. It's going to be a big game for them. Can the Eagles win this? I, I at this point in, in this season, I I don't I don't doubt BC can do any. I don't doubt them for anything right now. I don't doubt that they could beat Georgia Tech. I don't doubt that they could go into that eight nine seed and win that game. I don't doubt BC could still win this ACC tournament. Because any this year, of any year, the ACC is as wide open as it gets. We just saw on Wednesday, Pitt, 
who is in the driver's seat to win the ACC regular season lose to Notre Dame. Notre Dame has been awful this year. They have been terrible. Mike Bray's final year has been a joke. And what is the, what do they do? They go out there and a game that Pitt needs. This was a huge game for Pitt because they have UVA and they have Miami chomping at their heels. They go out there and they lose. And it wasn't any, honestly that close of a game. So if they can do that, why can't BC? Why can't BC go out there and win three games if they get the 8-9 seed and, and win this whole freaking thing? We saw someone had the best GIF I've seen in a while that was so perfect for um, this upcoming week. People were talking about the NIT, and I had said what they had to do to get the NIT. And maybe I was being a little too liberal with what they had to do to win it. But someone said, oh, yeah, the, BC has no chance. BC has no chance to NIT. BC has no chance to get to the tournament. Posted the GIF of Major League with, Tom, I think it's um, Tom Berger. And he says, you know what we need to do? And someone says, what? He goes, we got to win the whole bleeping thing. That's where it's at, folks. And I, I I, don't know. I don't know. Am I wrong that BC, if especially if they get to skip Tuesday, could be a team that could shock the world, that could get to the NCAA tournament, that could win the ACC tournament? Maybe I'm being a little bit too optimistic here, but I don't think it's I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. If Quinton Post has the games that we've seen him have, if we see Makai Ashton Langford play well, the defense is playing strong, Jaden Zachary plays well, the ACC isn't that good. I'm telling you, folks, it could happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it could happen. But first, they need to win on Saturday. They need to beat Georgia Tech. And you all have to be scoreboard watching. Wait, you got to be the biggest Demon Deacon fans on Saturday. Unless you, unless you want to play an extra game. If you want to go through Louisville first, all the power to you. Maybe you get a better, you might get a better draw there. But I I would love to see BC win this game. I want to see Syracuse lose and BC get that eight seed and play Wake Forest again. Thank you all so much for listening today. I I love each and every one of you. I hope you have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday to talk about Zay's draft, uh, combine performance. We'll give you the first. I mean, we have so much to get into next week. We have Zay's uh, combine. We have the ACC tournament. We have uh, Saturday's game against Georgia Tech. We have the first practice. I, I didn't even get a chance to talk about that. BC's first practice is Friday. We're going to find out in the next 24 hours who the offensive and defensive coordinator is going to be. I've already told you who the offensive coordinator is going to be. It's going to be Steve Shimko and and um, Rob Shazinski. But we don't know who the defensive coordinator is. I think it's going to be Azar Abdul Rahim, but all my sources have been silent about it. All I know is that there's someone in place already. We'll find out tomorrow. Hey, maybe I'll go live and do a special thing somewhere, either on here or on Twitter. So make sure to follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. If it's interesting news or something we're not expecting, hey, maybe I'll go live again. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again soon. Take care.